Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. As always, I am absolutely ecstatic that you have decided to join me for funny, unfiltered, slightly uncomfortable on occasion, but real conversations. Um, I'm your host, Kristen Henke. If this is the first time you're joining me, uh, there's a lot going on in the world, guys. As a lot of you know, a lot of podcasts, uh, mine included, are pre-recorded, so a lot of the content that you guys have been soaking up was recorded a couple of months ago while I was still pregnant with my daughter, who has arrived on the scene. Um, so that's that's always fun. You guys, I'll be releasing podcasts for like two months, and I'll still be talking about being pregnant, but James is actually here. Yes, her name is James. Uh, I feel like that's super cool spelled it with an I. It's a little French, a little feminine. She can put a heart over it in school when she wants to. But I kind of love the thought that for the rest of her life, especially her professional life, a lot of the time when someone sees that they are meeting with a James Henke, they're going to be expecting a man. And my glorious goddess, fiery pepper of a daughter is going to walk into the room and stun them. That just, that makes me feel good. I feel like I'm doing her a favor. Future James will thank me. I'm sure she'll go through a phase when she's like six or seven and some boy in her class will be like, that's a boy name. And she'll be pissed at me and she'll be like, mom, why did you name me after a boy? And I'm like, girl, I got your back. This is going to pan out well in the future. So there's that. Uh, Additionally, other things happening. The living room is something that if you are brand new to Nothing Confidential, you have not heard of before yet. But it is an extension of this intimate podcast experience, and it is actually even more intimate than the podcast. It is basically me inviting four guest experts, or sexperts as I like to call them, um, people who I have had on the show or am going to have on the show. We do a six-week virtual living room where I gather these people and six to eight women normally, I keep it really small, um, sign up to go through six weeks of conversations and deconstruction and education and just diving deep on all things, sexuality, sensuality, um, and you know, this whole, this whole journey of discovering, ourselves and tapping into that creative energy and that sexual energy, that feminine life force and getting out of our own way and addressing and examining 
uh, things that might be holding us back in that aspect. Um, normally I have therapists and, um, doctors and feminine wholeness coaches. I, I like to get a good mixture of people and expertise and perspectives to help you untangle all of your stories around sexuality and rebuild, um, a new story that is empowering and exciting and full of pleasure. So that is going down. I am about to relaunch that six week digital program and that is coming. Um, let's see, this episode is going to come out the first week of March. So this will be kicking off the third week of March. Yeah. March 17th through April the 21st. That's when this is happening. You can go to nothingconfidential.com and click on the tab titled the living room for more details. You can also follow along over on Instagram. I will be talking about it there and I'm really excited about that. So today's guest, Heidi Soydam, she is incredible. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Heidi is, uh, she's a really special guest. Heidi is someone who approached me after I spoke on stage at a live event last fall And as a lot of you know, who have listened to the show, um, my personal story kind of, and, and evolution into this space kind of stems from my own experience growing up in the purity culture. Um, and I, I deconstruct that. I do quite a bit of commentary on that. I've had several guests on the show and we've, we've talked about that back and forth. And this is a very unique conversation because it's it's kind of across the table. It's like the other side of the perspective. Heidi is a mom who also happened to homeschool her children and she has three daughters and her oldest daughter uh, was raised in the purity culture by Heidi. And uh, she has evolved kind of past and beyond that and um, had some change in perspective as she's learned and grown on her own personal journey as well. But it was just such a powerful conversation to speak with a mother who was raising her daughter the way that I was raised. And she just really open-heartedly shares where she was coming from when she did that and what she learned about herself and how it impacted her and her daughter and their relationship and her connection to faith and to source and all of that. Like, it's just, it's such a full, juicy poignant conversation. And I'm really, really excited to share it with you. So for all of you who have kind of, you know, heard my other conversations around this and, you know, maybe you are, are with me, like maybe you came from where I came from and you totally get it. Or maybe you think that, you know, I spend a lot of time demonizing, uh, purity culture. (laughs) I think that this will be a really shape-shifting conversation for everyone. It definitely gave me perspective And I was really grateful that she approached me in um, such a loving way and was willing to share her story and be really, really vulnerable. Uh, Heidi is doing awesome, awesome work. She has uh, a blog called Simply Our Society. She is empowering other uh, mothers and parents to evolve their journey and to connect with their kids in powerful ways. And, And a lot of it is even about finding and evolving your identity, um, you know, outside of parenthood as well. And she does a lot of writing and offers a lot of beautiful resources on simplyoursociety.com. So I definitely invite you guys to follow her and, uh, and, and visit the blog. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to share this with you. It's different. It's very different. 
And I love that. I love offering opposite perspectives. And I just, I think that it, it makes for a more well-rounded, compassionate, empathetic experience. So I think that's it for now. That's a long intro, but I'm really excited. There's a lot of stuff coming uh, to Nothing Confidential soon. There are collaborations. There are really, really incredible guests, and I can't wait to keep giving you guys this content. As always, um, please reach out to me via DM, email, whatever, with questions, thoughts, comments, suggestions. If you want me to interview someone, if you want me to talk about something specific, um, please reach out to me. I am here for you. Let's, you know, break the fourth wall. I, I want to talk to you. Um, I'm, I'm here. So love you guys. Enjoy this week's episode. We met at Tree Live in Maine, uh, which is hosted by Jillian Balance. So obviously we have her in common. And um, when you got up on the stage and started telling your story about how you were homeschooled and um, I knew what your topic was, but I didn't know that you were homeschooled, how you were raised, you know, before. So when you told your story about how you were raised and immediately I like zoned in on that because I thought, whoa, like I never would have expected that. But then what really, really hit me and why I spoke to you the next day and per- like personally is you beautifully explained how you're being brought up in the homeschool community with the um, the the whole true love ways and the way sexuality is not I was going to say presented but actually mm-hmm. is just avoided yeah <laughs> in every way in that besides in a negative way in that. Mm-hmm atmosphere you explained beautifully how that affected your identity like Mm -hmm. your worth and your value and when the way you put that into words was is exactly how we raised our oldest daughter and started to raise our younger two and when we made the transition I just thought I had never like been able to put it into words like that. Mm. And, and I thought it was just amazing. And so I could identify with that personally as a parent and appreciate you sharing that in a room full of people that I have, we moved to Virginia from Florida a year ago and where I am now and then further up, Northeast. I don't know how popular homeschooling is. So to share that in that room, I was thinking, I don't know if anybody else here will really resonate with that particular part of your story the way I did. But for whatever reason, that was just for me. Mm -hmm. And so that was just kind of my intro to you. And I loved it. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that's super interesting because there are not um, a lot of people that have connected with me because of that one fact, just as you've Mm -hmm. said, like uh, for the listeners, if at this point in the releasing of podcast episodes, I haven't dug completely into my story yet. I was raised homeschooled in the South, um, in the Bible Belt, and abstinence and purity culture um, were very much a part of my 
uh, minimal sex education. And mm -hmm. I, through my writing and through um, this platform that I'm building, I have been sharing a lot about how that has impacted me as an adult and how it mm -hmm. has shaped some of my thoughts about how I hope to raise my own children moving forward, especially being pregnant with a daughter. It is weighing heavily mm -hmm. um, on my mind. Mm -hmm. And so what Heidi is referring to is I shared um, a, a, a humorous but uh, extremely vulnerable piece of my personal story, which was how I learned about sex and um, mm -hmm. just like she was saying, just kind of the impact, the the lasting effects that that has had on me um, as an adult and, and on my foray into sexuality and this work that I'm doing. And so it was really... Uh, meaningful to me to have Heidi approach me after um, speaking because when she first walked up to me and she was like, so I was a homeschool mom. And the first <laughs> thing that shot into my head was like, this is the one human in the room who I have offended, like really, really. <laughs> uh, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not taking shots at homeschool. Uh -huh. I'm just like sharing my experience. But like, like you said, like there are rarely people in the room when I speak who have anything to do with homeschooling. So they don't, uh -huh. they don't take it personally. It doesn't mean anything to them. Um, it's just an interesting thing. You know, they're like, that's just an uh -huh. interesting thing about her. They don't relate to it in any way. And I was like, Ooh, I probably like offended this lady like really badly. And, uh, <laughs> but then she went on to be so vulnerable and so open and share just her heart about how she had very much, um, you know, like she just said, started her first daughter in a very similar belief structure, because that is, um, that is the information that she had when she began her parenting journey 20 plus years ago. And now she has two other daughters who are varying ages and she has continued to evolve her belief structure as a, as a human being. Um, she's on this personal growth journey that, um, you know, a lot of us, especially listening to this podcast are on. And I found that extremely profound. And that's the reason there's, I want to talk about all the other things that you're doing um, in the world with Simply Our Society, which is a mm -hmm. blog and a resource um, center that she's kind of started. But I really thought it was important to bring her on and have an opposite or a perspective from across the table. Um, you know, I'm going to have a lot of mm -hmm. peers on the show as we move forward who are, you know, we're, we're raised differently and we're going to be um, sharing our experiences and, and our thoughts and how the parenting that all of our parents and guardians chose and how it impacts us. But it's interesting to have um, a parent's perspective and mm -hmm. you know, it's not always easy to go out and like ask your own parents to come onto the show right. and you know, talk about that stuff. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll get there, but I just, I was blown away. I was completely blown away mm -hmm. that uh, with the work that you're doing and willing to do and that you're willing to say after listening to some of the things I shared, like, you know, we felt like we got certain things wrong and we were examining those and, and we're still reaching for a different version for a different way of being. And we're still looking and we're still evolving. Um, so would you mind digging in just a little bit into more into your backstory, like where you mm -hmm. kind of started, where you were at the beginning of your parenting journey, mm -hmm. um, and then whatever you feel is appropriate, you know, about that kind of beginning. And then when you started to shift and evolve. Yes, yes, of course. Um, well, we have three girls, and my first daughter is now 23. So um, when we first started homeschooling, and you know, she was little, she was five. So when, when kids are really young, 
you don't think of like you don't really prepare for the tween and teen years you you think you're gonna prepare but you really don't like you get prepared when they're little babies but every phase of parenting brings with it so many layers of all the things that you want and hope and desire for your child as a as a mom as a you know as a parent so i mean we i um we do have mom and dad in this house but of course i'm going to be speaking from mom's perspective so um so on that front when when i started homeschooling and raising maggie um as she started to get older my parenting style or culture really was it was affected by my homeschool community but it was also affected by my growing up and that's that's what always happens in life you're affected by whatever happened to you as you were growing up and so my backstory as far as this topic goes is i was a i would say a dangerously promiscuous teenager mm -hmm. myself and so just from that i did not want that for my child so that immediately brings you into a fearful way of parenting. Mm -hmm. However, I, I knew I was fearful of that, but you kind of shift into protective mode and like, I'm going to make this different for my child. I'm going to make this life different for my child. I'm going to make sure that she doesn't go down that same road that I went and make the mistakes that I made. Yeah. The swing, the dramatic yes. swing from the, where you came from to what you yes. hope to never have them deal with. Yes. So as a result of that, which started in fear, I kind of lost that perspective knowing that it was fear and moved into this protective mode and what I thought was loving mode mm -hmm. where you're just trying to kind of build a hedge around your child. So you're like, I don't want her to think about this or I don't want this, her to have the influence of this. So combine my fears with the homeschool atmosphere, which there are a lot of positives to homeschooling. One being the relationship that you can build with your child as a homeschool parent, because you have so many hours of the day with them. So, you know, in education, there are a lot of positives, but depending on what kind of homeschool community you're in, you will be hugely affected by your peers. I'm actually starting to talk a little bit about parenting peer pressure. Mm. And there's a lot of that, yeah. I think everywhere, but I think in the homeschool community, it is huge. Oh, there are bullies everywhere. You get yes. bullied by people who yes. think that you're not doing a good enough job or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can even think like, well, I don't know, this doesn't really kind of like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me, but you, you feel all this outside pressure and you just kind of start to question yourself. Mm. So I was fearful. I wanted to protect my daughter. And I was so fearful as a parent that I wasn't confident as a mom. Mm. So all of that kind of led me to look to other um, groups and leaders to guide me along in my parenting journey because I felt ill-equipped. I felt like I wasn't equipped enough to do this on my own. 
which by the way is super normal. This is your first child. Like you don't yeah. know what you're doing. You're like, I just want to do a good job. I don't want to fail her in any right. way. Yeah. And so you're coming from a place of intensely wanting to get the parenting right and being overwhelmed by how much is out there and how much potential for disaster there is and all of that. So yes, that yeah. is exactly right. And it's kind of like you, you want to have a, like there's a difference between healthy fear and fear that is damaging. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when you have, when you're so overwhelmed with fear that is damaging and it, it takes any confidence that you have away, that's where it becomes where you can be super influenced by other people. And that may or may not be a good thing. And that's one of the things that I try to like speak to younger moms and encourage young moms in your confidence as a mom, because you are given this gift of a child. There's no mistake in that. So yes, you need to learn and you need to have wise people who went before you and people that you can call on for advice, but ultimately to be confident in the decisions that you're making for your child, because after all that is said and done, this is your child. Mm -hmm. And even if you make a, a decision that someone might think is a mistake or you're going to make a decision that isn't really like you think, oh, I could have done that better. If you're doing that confidently out of love and for your child, you, it'll all come out. It's going to work it's out. all yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> it's all going to work out. And it's just when you're continually going from fearful decision, fearful decision, not confident at all. So you don't even know which way to go. That's when things start to happen. Mm -hmm. So in, a, in kind of a negative way and, you know, and kids are resilient yeah. and, you know, relationships can be restored and healed and better than they were before, but I'm kind of jumping ahead here. So that was our beginning in the fearful not confident parenting. And we were involved in a large homeschool community, but there was another layer to that. We were also involved in a, um, a ministry group. Mm -hmm. So heavily involved in a ministry group. So we were involved in this big homeschool community. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, we yes, <laughs> and we were involved heavily in a, in a ministry group. Mm -hmm. And and I, there's all the, like all the self-growth that I've done, I've, I've come to understand myself a little bit better because mm -hmm. I used to really beat myself up. Like, why did I fall into this parenting peer pressure? Mm -hmm. Why did I stay so loyal to this group or this organization or whatever? And it's ultimately, it's part of my personality. Yeah. I'm a very, very loyal person. And, um, so anyway, I was super influenced by all of that. And that led us into, it was like the homeschool community has the purity culture, like yeah. you mentioned, yeah. with the two love weights. Well, then you layer this ministry group that we were a part of. Mm -hmm. It was like an extra layer of that. Yeah. So like, like don't even look at a boy. Yeah. Crushes are bad. Like mm -hmm. you shouldn't even be thinking about a boy. Impure like, thoughts, or, like thought, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, all of that, and and I, I really thought I was doing the right thing mm -hmm. by 
teaching this to my child and trying to keep her in those boundaries. We call it, you know, like heavily bound, have heavy boundaries in your mind mm-hmm. and what you see and what you hear and what you listen to. And keep on your blinders, your holy blinders and all yes, that stuff. Yeah. Yes, all of that. <laughs> and so, and, and I mean, I know my girls will probably listen to this and they're probably going to think, Oh mom, that's very mild. Like what you're saying, like, yeah, take what I'm saying and probably multiply it. Well, and if any of the girls yeah. want to come on to nothing confidential yeah. later and share their side, I think that's yeah. totally fair. And I'm here for I, that too. Cause I, I totally, because <laughs> any of them who want to come chat, we'll do like a round table. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like, they make, they make jokes about it even yeah. today, but it, it was intense. <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. And until you spoke and talked about it's like I knew that, but I never, like, it was like your words just came out and grabbed me when you said how by doing that, it didn't really protect anything. It, it made you feel like your worth and your value was caught up in this very one thing. Mm-hmm. Your worth and your value, not only to yourself, but to God and to man. Yeah. And any man. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, Oh, that's like the opposite yeah. as moms of what that we want you want do. for your daughter to have yes. or for any of your kids that like feeling that your pleasure and your autonomy and this very vital part of you, this core piece of you as a person doesn't belong to you and doesn't exist for you. That right. that's the issue that I have. And I will talk to multiple people from different perspectives, but my issue with purity culture is essentially reducing, um, virginity, you know, reducing your, your holiness, your connection to the divine, your purity, your level of all, you know, all of these different things, reducing it down to that one act, like this one piece of your anatomy where it's like, if your hymen is not intact, then you are a soiled person and you are no longer worthy of the original beautiful plan that was like meant for you from the beginning of time. And there's like this one thing you can do to like basically ruin your whole life. Um, And, and that again, like that's, that's such a fear tactic. Like that is such a controlling, when you look at the, the overview, the, the broad spectrum of belief and our connection to divinity and our place in the world and our worthiness it's like what a disservice to do you know to somebody um yeah (laughs) well and I I agree with all of that and I would add to that um well first for all of the listeners I I am a believer and like I am a I don't always like to I have an issue with the word Christian sometimes. Yeah, I do too, because, but I, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but so, but in the traditional sense, people, I would be identified as a Christian. I am yeah. still a believer. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, I have issue with a lot of this purity culture really is based in that, mm-hmm. in Christianity and yeah. in that, in that arena. All right. So here's, an issue that I have lay on top of what you just said mm-hmm. after and I, I'll get back to how did we start to evolve the, in our thinking yeah but after some things happened and we started to you know it's 
kind of like the blinders came off and we were realizing, whoa, like some things are not right here. And this we need can't to, be it. <laughs> this cannot be it. And our, our oldest daughter at this point was an adult. And um, so it, it started a whole snowball effect into our way of thinking, mm-hmm. especially about this topic. This is yeah. kind of what started our whole transition into mm-hmm. like evolving as a family in yeah. our faith and yeah. in our parenting and everything. So as I started to think about that and contemplate and grow and read and write and research, all of a sudden it dawned on me, uh, my own story, our own story, mm-hmm. mine and my husband. And um, I, like I said before, was a very promiscuous teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I did grow up in the church. However, I wouldn't consider myself a believer until I was like I was 18 Mm -hmm. is when I would say I became a believer and I entered into a, a a youth group, uh, which is where I met my husband. And so thinking back on our own story on the, on the, you know, years before we got married and the years after, or the years before we got married, I started to think, You know, there's a lot of things that go on amongst the young adult Christian community or Mm -hmm. teenage Christian community that are just not talked about. Mm -hmm. They hide it. Oh, yeah. So not only still doing it, they're just pretending like they're not. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. which is worse because then they're carrying around this crushing amount yes. of shame and rededicating their lives to Christ every Sunday and crying every time there's an altar call because they think they're going to hell because they can't stop doing the thing that they are not yes. supposed to be doing, but they're doing it anyway because they're driven by hormones and all these other things. And it's extremely confusing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of a sudden I realized it's, it's not only is it is damaging to your identity, your worth and your value in the, you just on that one topic alone. Now you have living a lie. You have Mm -hmm. having to put on a facade for everybody in one area, but then you and this other person are, you know, behind closed doors doing something else. Mm -hmm. Like, so I started to research that a little bit because I thought this is this, there's no way that this is, isolated to just a few people. Yeah. <laughs> well, You're correct. <laughs> yeah, sure enough it's it's not. Mm-hmm. And so what what essentially what happens is this goes on. It's all hidden, it's all a lie. And then these people may or may not get married. Mm-hmm. And then what what and then you're normally, busted. Yeah. Well, and then normally <laughs> what happens is they say they get up and they say, "Well, now we're married." This is what we did before we were married, but you shouldn't do that. Right. You shouldn't do that. Oh, I've gotten that speech about several it. times. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay now for us, but it would have been better if we hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. Done but it. we ended up married. So it's kind of okay. It's kind, it's of, ki- okay. It's kind of okay because right. we, we did eventually end up like, you know, being married okay. and we are the only ones we had sex with, but we still yeah. did it before we were married. Yeah. And then it's like, are you really, like, are you really telling the truth about that? Right. I don't You're know. like, cause like, now I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, so it creates, it just creates this whole, like it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of unhealthy. And 
sometimes when I talk to moms about this, they get really shocked. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling my teenage girls to go out and have sex. Yeah. That is not what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And, but what I am doing, I hope now is creating an atmosphere in our home where you can talk about these things. Mm-hmm. You are going to like have attraction. Yeah. You are going to like, like I, like I feel like as much as possible now we have an open arena sometimes where um, I have to, I have to be like, okay, I, I have to know that I can't be shocked about the things that you have know. to like keep the shocked face inside. Yeah. You have to like yeah. listen and like inside you're like, oh, but yeah. you just have to like be chill while they talk. You're like, okay, yes, okay. Well, and because <laughs> in the society we live in today, and this is a message I have for all moms everywhere. This has been, this is a tale as old as time. Your kids always know, see, and do more than you know about what mm-hmm. they are knowing, seeing, and doing. Oh, yeah. Always. Yes. So every generation, it's been like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how many protective measures you put on the phones and the computers and the yeah. televisions and how much you control you want to have over their friends. Where there's or- a will, there's a way. <laughs> That's yes. the saying. <laughs> and yes. it's true. it is true and so I don't even take it for granted that I know every single thing that my Mm -hmm. girls are knowing doing and you know seeing yeah I I realize that however the goal is to create the safest possible atmosphere Mm -hmm. for them to feel loved and confident enough to if they have a question they can ask if they want to share something, they can share it. Yeah. If they're scared about something, they know that mom and dad mm-hmm. are not going to judge them, reject them, or look down on them in any way for any question, for anything that they have seen mm-hmm. yeah. or done or yeah. know about even. And, um, I think that's a very important message to parents today. I think it's an important mm-hmm. message for always, but yeah. especially today yeah. when there's so much available to our kids mm. and that I, we I don't even that. know about. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, exactly what you're saying is, is what this platform that I'm trying to build is about. Like, it's exactly about that. It's about normalizing and removing the shame and the fear from the topics themselves, because the questions are not the problem and the feelings are not the problem and the exploration and the deconstruction and all of these things, like none of that is the problem. The problem is feeling ashamed and isolated and afraid of what we don't know and then running blindly around trying to figure it out for ourselves because we don't have a space where we feel safe to approach these things, to ask the question, to find right. out, you know, what's going on. And I, and there are so many studies out now, and especially, I'm sure you've heard this, but 
you know, the, the rest of the world tends to be ahead of us, uh, Americans in lots of ways and like Denmark and, you know, different places in Europe, their sex education programs are centered around consent and communication and parents are having conversations around pleasure and sexuality and all these things, um, from a really early age. And the numbers show that like talking and giving them more information about sex does not lead to them, being more promiscuous. It actually right. is the opposite. Like yes. the more information they have, the more they understand, the more they have an outlet where they can go, where they feel safe to ask questions and explore. They are then not having to go out into the shadows and try it on their own in order to get right. the answer. They have somewhere they can go to find out these things and they can think about them and process them. And I just think that that what, what you're doing and how you are encouraging these conversations amongst other parents is so, so supremely important. And I just, um, I know I've said it, but I just, I want to take another second to just like applaud you for being, I, I know it's gotta be uncomfortable. Like, especially when you were saying that it's hard not to like drown under the mom guilt where you're like, how did I go along with that for so long? You know, but it just, it's, it's not your fault. Like that's social conditioning. That is your own background. That's your own stories and your own bag of crap Mm -hmm. that you're having to work through. And I just, I think that coming through all of that and, and ending up where you are now having these conversations and able to be more conscious about this and to very intentionally create the space for your girls to continue growing and evolving. I mean, thank God it's like, your oldest daughter is 23. Mm. I learned a lot of shit between 23 and now, you know, it's Mm. like, she, she's by no means done. Like her journey is Mm. not over and there's still so much time for healing and for recognizing, like, it's really powerful when a parent comes to you and is like, Hey, I know that, uh, when I, when I did that, that was hurtful and I can see ways in which, that actually didn't benefit you. Mm-hmm. I was coming from a place of love, but I am now at a place where I can see how that wasn't the best. And I want to talk to you about it. And I want to admit that I was wrong. I didn't know that I was, but I was. And that's how you move forward. And that's how you evolve that conversation and that culture in your family. And that's going to impact her relationship with her future kids if she decides to have them and mm-hmm. your grandkids and the whole like weave weaving of your family. And I just think that's it's stunning and it's beautiful. And I just, I love that. I love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I have to give her a lot of credit too, because, um, she is so gracious and as a mom, it just means a lot to me that she could be our first child and, walk through that in a place that it was supposed to be loving and accepting that that's a whole other topic like you have this culture this church culture that's supposed to be loving and accepting and and grace-filled and all of these things and to walk through that and what happened was we kind we basically got slammed in the face with the community that we were a part of mm-hmm. not being grace-filled or loving, but being very judging and damaging and um, just very toxic and and 
I don't want to focus too much on that, but it was but just, you had it was like just a like wake hitting, up moment where it you was were like, this is not, yes, this is not right. Without, yes. Yeah. Because, um, a lot of, you know, details about that involved Maggie personally. And that was, mm. it was like a, a brick wall and it ended up being something that all of us will really like, actually, yes, all five of us, because we were all very involved in this. Um, that was really like the wake up call. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, what, what I'm, I'm so thankful that when that happened, um, there was no question for Maggie's dad and I, mm -hmm. that we loved her. And, yeah. and when this whole situation happened with this toxic, damaging, judgmental situation, mm -hmm. um, our immediate response was, we, we are, we're not going to be a part of that. Yeah. Judging just, we're not going to be a part of that toxic yeah. thing anymore. Even like, though you was, guys are supposed to be loving yes. and gracious and supportive and we've been here and put in the blood, yes. sweat and tears. And now you're coming after my kid and mama bears yes. about to come out. And this is not yeah. like, this is no longer a thing. <laughs> and it was right. It was, it was, it wasn't easy for us though. I will yeah. say that if yeah. there are other people listening that are in a situation mm -hmm. that they're being made to feel like, if, if you don't choose us, then you're not choosing God. And then what are you going to do? And you're going to choose something like it was, it was all very, you know, yeah. it was all a very confusing time. The only thing that wasn't confusing was the love that we have for our child. And yeah. the fact that we knew without a doubt that us parting ways with this community and this culture is, like is not going to get in the way of our relationship with our child. And we're quite sure it's not going to get in the way with our relationship with, with God. God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, but I have to say when you're involved in a, whether, whether it's a church or community or a ministry or any kind of group situation mm -hmm. like that, where there's a lot of group think that goes on, yeah, it can cause you to question mm, absolutely your like well maybe if I do walk away with am I really walking away from God like yeah are you and and here's my here's my red flag warning for that for anybody who's listening if you're having those kind of thoughts like if mm -hmm. you don't stay attached to a particular person or group yeah then you will because not be they possess to the key yes. to your relationship with yes. God it's okay. like warning warning will run hello <laughs> yeah. yes that is a huge red flag. And yes. I say, walk away. Mm -hmm. walk Hashtag brainwash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If that is even a thought that crosses your mind. Yeah. And so then we went on this, this very difficult, but turned out to be a beautiful journey mm -hmm. with, with Maggie in particular, where we all like, started to connect with God on a personal level, mm -hmm. more personal than ever. And, and then we started to connect with each other in just really deep and pure ways with a lot of humbleness. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, and as a parent, that's hard. I'm not going to say that it's not. I know, I know the feeling of being like, I don't like feeling like all those years I was hurting my child. Yeah. It is not a good feeling. Of course for not, a mom. because you love her and, and you, you yeah. never, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's not an easy thing. It's not an mm-hmm. easy thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy thing to admit yeah. or take ownership of. It's easy to say, well, I was just influenced by that, or I was just, in-. but no, the yeah. truth is, as moms, there is a part of us that knows what's right. Yeah. There's and an in- intuition there that is. sometimes gets smothered under all yes. of the outside opinions and the pressure and everything. Yes. And then even when we know something's not right, we continue yeah. down a path. And well, yeah, and do you I, think the pain of that? Do you think the pain of that is probably also intensified by looking back on that and realizing all of the times where you felt that little nudge and you squashed it down. It's also a, it's a self betrayal too. So it's Mm -hmm. not so much, it's not all just about, you know, making mistakes as a mom. It's like, it's you not listening to yourself and not honoring your own self. And so having a separation from, from who you really are too, like, I feel like that probably adds to the pain of the situation. It really does. Yeah. And I, I hope to encourage other moms who are in situations like that. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as the situation we were in. Yeah. It can be, you know, you're, you know, we all have a peer group and um, especially when you have little ones or you are a homeschool mom or you're in the PTA or, you know, whatever it is, I just want to encourage, I, I, hope to encourage any mom who is in a situation where she knows I'm going along with this because this is what the rest of the my peer group is doing but I just I just don't feel right about this mm-hmm. listen to that yeah listen to that mm-hmm. and just even if you just take a minute it's okay to just pause and say I need a two-week break from this mm-hmm. so that I can figure out what I need to do with my child or with my time or with Mm -hmm. my thoughts or the decisions I'm making or whatever it is for your child. Yeah. And, um, so that's kind of, I swung it all the way back around to how we did a great job. Yeah. How we, (laughs) that's how we kind of came out of what we were thinking and started to evolve into what we are now. And now you have two, you have two other daughters and what are their ages? 16 and 14. 16 and 14. So how, how is life today with the, <laughs> with the current young women who are coming up? Like, what does this look like now? <laughs> well, this is where we have more, we have a open forum. Um, we, you know, we do, it's not like we have free for all, like watch whatever you want, do whatever you want. Like, but Maggie would probably say, it's a free yeah. for all mom yeah. compared to yeah. what she was. Like, She's like, this is like, ridiculous. Yeah. She was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot believe they're allowed to watch that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so there are, there's a lot more leniency on what we watch and what we listen to and what we, you know, experience as far as media and culture and society yeah. goes. And, what I've come to realize is, you know, that's a personal decision every parent has to make. Um, 
you know, because there are so many influences out there mm -hmm. from, you know, I, I don't even know the, the kids will laugh if they hear me like, you know, you, you have <laughs> YouTube and TikTok and, you know, you're doing better everything. than I am. I don't know okay. what TikTok is. <laughs> yes. Oh, you have to know. I don't yes. even know I, what that is. <laughs> it is hilarious. They watch it all the time. Oh well, it used to be called Musical.ly. Do you remember that? No. Mm -mm. Like no, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. old. I'm like, I have three things. I'm like, I, I do know what YouTube, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and yeah. unfortunately Snapchat. I know what those are, but there are several other ones that I've heard lately. And I'm like, I have no clue what they are yeah, or what they do or what they're for. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. There's so many, I can't even keep up. Like I can't, I cannot keep up. Yeah. And so all of these outside influences there, those are, decisions that you have to make as a parent how much screen time your kids are going to mm -hmm. have whatever it may be but I think we've come from you know trying to be you know protect from everything to you have to teach your kids how to manage all of this mm -hmm. and you have to teach them to have their own discernment about the information that's coming in mm -hmm. and how are they going to sort that out yeah and how and, it makes them feel and how it impacts them. Cause every kid yes, is different. Yes. Some are extremely sensitive. Some are not sensitive right. to the same things in the yeah. same way. And certain, that was something that was interesting to learn and to even realize about myself as I came through everything that I came through. It's like going back and talking to my siblings and understanding the things that really stuck with them that like, didn't phase me at all and vice versa mm -hmm. things that I perceived like in my experience it was something that was extremely traumatic because to who I was as a person it was really like harmful or painful and to them they're like oh that wasn't a big deal like we don't know mm -hmm. why you're so upset about that you know it's just yeah. it's and leave it to siblings to be like mm -hmm. um I don't think that happened and I'm like well that is how I remember it happening yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all have everyone's experience was valid but they're different it's it's interesting yeah. to see how like my version of something versus a sister or a brother's version mm -hmm. were very different based on like what we were sensitive to personally. So mm -hmm. yeah. So teaching them how to stand up for themselves and create boundaries and have that internal dialogue with themselves at all times about like what makes them feel safe or not safe, what makes them feel grounded or ungrounded, what makes them feel icky or good. You know, it's like mm -hmm. feeding into that intuition and teaching them how to be led, you know, from within instead of being, yeah. you know, constantly dictated to is right. a very different, yeah, it's a different yeah. approach. So that's, you know, we kind of yeah. went from one end to the other as far as, <laughs> as far as that goes, because we were in a super strict like we were, and we, we bought into this super yeah. strict mentality when mm -hmm. we were raising Maggie. There's six and a half yeah. years difference between Maggie and my middle child, yeah. Abby. So it's, it's a lot and not a lot. Like yeah. they were all in the same house, but it is kind of like, there's, yeah. Oh, well, there's, there's seven of, of us. And so the range yeah. is very extreme. And there's like the three oldest ones who like had a similar thing. There's the middle ones where it's like, what are we doing? And there's the younger ones where, I mean, thankfully it, it, it is humorous. Like the other day, my youngest sister 
um, sent me a snap of all of them sitting in the living room with my mom watching Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like we weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter because it was witchcraft when I was a kid. Like we weren't allowed to read the books. We couldn't do any of that. And they're like all sitting in there watching it. And I was just, I mean, that's the stuff that happens. Like censorship was very important in our house. My dad used to there'd be like a PG movie and my dad would like hold up a pillow in front of the TV because someone was in their underwear, you know, it's yeah. like, and for years we didn't know like what he was hiding. He's like, it's a good movie. There's just a few spots. And then I would watch it as an adult. And I'm like, she came out in a full bra and panties that is more fabric than most yeah. bathing suits. And he held a pillow in front of it and was like, do, 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 do until it was over. <laughs> yes. You can relate to that. We so I totally, relate. I get that. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I know. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, it is. But at the end of the day, and I, I do, I want to make this very clear, um, you know, for everybody who is listening, despite there will be, I'm sure I will have many, many conversations in the future, um, you know, around what, what made me who I am, because that, I mean, that's, we're telling our stories. Like these are, yes. that's what's going on. But at the same time, my, my parents, I will laugh and I will tell stories and you know, all of the things, but my parents just like Heidi and just like any other parent out there literally was doing the best that they could with what they had at the time with the tools Mm -hmm. that were available to them. And in the moment, um, they really believed that what they were doing was the right thing for us. Yeah. And that, and that's all that I can say for them. You know, I can, I can agree with the method or disagree, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to their intention and the heart behind it, it was coming from a place of love and they really, really did, um, mean well, and were doing the best they could with what they had. So I want everyone to, to be clear on that. I'm not, not bashing. <laughs> we're not yeah. bashing. We're just examining different ways of being. Well, I agree. And I, I do think though, that it is important as parents, as leaders in, in the, in the Christian community, in our, you know, homeschool communities yeah. or, you know, wherever you land in that category as mm-hmm. a parent, whether you're an older parent like me, who has an adult children and teenagers or whether you're a young parent, I think it's very important to be able to say, you know what, this is the way I thought about that. Mm-hmm. And this is the way I approached it because I did feel like it was the, the best way or the right way. And it was the best I knew to do at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize now that even though it was my best, it was actually damaging. And yeah. this is why I've changed my thought process on that. Mm. And I think when you spoke and said about your worth and your value and your identity, that's when I realized that was what was damaging. Like I knew it was damaging. I just, I didn't know how to put it into words exactly. And so for this particular topic, when we're talking about purity culture and changing as a parent from, from that. And to be clear also, again, I will state, I'm not trying to teach my children to not be. She's not out there like, go have sex, do whatever you want. (laughs) But it's important to say, I realized that that was damaging to my child. Yeah. And Mm. this is why that was damaging. And this is why I've changed because I think a lot of times in these communities Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether it's church or homeschool or whatever, we, 
we may change. I've seen other people change. Yeah. I, or I've seen groups, leaders, and they, they try to change their message, but they don't ever say yeah. why they're changing. And I think that's an important part of the message because if you don't make that clear, it's just kind of sketchy. Yeah. It's just kind of weird. People are and like, what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> like, why were you like that? And now you're like this. Yeah. And, and so, and as far as purity culture, when I just said, I'm, I'm not trying to teach my girls to not be pure. Yeah. I think that word in particular has a lot of different connotations. It does. And, <laughs> you know, um, I heard it said once the word pure mm. and, and as, Christians and Christian moms and homeschool moms, we, we wrap our girls, especially up in that word. And the word pure itself means all it means is a hundred percent something. Yeah. You could be a hundred percent bad. Yeah. Or you could be a hundred percent good. Like let's just take that label off and, and make it like, instead of a purity culture, let's just make it a, like How about a, an intentional a, culture an or, intentional yeah. culture or a, a loving culture or mm. a healthy culture or yeah. a, you know, like it, 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 there, I just have issue with that word now. I do too. Yeah. Of, of the pressure. I think yeah. that it puts on. Well, it brings in that perfectionist mentality yeah. that is very, and, and it was very confusing for me, like growing up, you know, with that language, there were so many times as a kid where I would sit there and I was like, they are literally contradicting themselves. It's like, there's yeah. this whole, like, you need to be pure and you have to be perfect, but also like, God loves you like you are and everything is fine. But like for you specifically, little girl, you yeah. have to do blah, 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 blah. And it just, it felt like there, there was always somewhere along the line, there was an outlet for everything and everyone else. But when it came down to the whole like virginity purity thing, it was like, yeah, no, like there's, there, there is one way mm -hmm. to do this. And if you don't manage to do it this way, then you've screwed up like the whole trajectory of everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, a, and as a kid and as somebody who's not old enough, you know, hasn't gotten to that point of inquiry and figuring out like personalizing that and embodying it, figuring out what it means to me and all of that, you know, that just, if it, it was very, it was, it was scary, you know, you mm -hmm. felt like you didn't have any options and then confusing things would happen where your best friend gets pregnant at 16 and you see her getting super shunned by all these people mm -hmm. who are like, we'll support you and God loves you no matter what and whatever, but you messed up now. And so you're getting treated differently. And it didn't, none of it felt true. None of it felt mm -hmm. in alignment at that point. And I was like, this doesn't, it doesn't sit right. Like this doesn't sit right with me. And so I want to, I want to swing this up, up and out a little bit, mm -hmm. just because you I, I love everything that you're saying about, you know, enc encouraging, changing the language around the entire mm -hmm. conversation of purity for your daughters and what it means to be um, intentional with their connection to source and what it means to, mm -hmm. to be in integrity for your family and your values and what they believe and how to connect to that stuff without this like damaging perfectionistic, um, misogynistic mm -hmm. kind of, mm -hmm. you know, outline. So I want to segue us into how you are speaking up more openly and sharing with other parents and kind of dealing with this on a more global level. And you're doing some of that through your work with Simply Our Society. 
Um, mm-hmm. Would you tell me a little bit more about like when you started or where that came from and kind of what you're doing and offering to women who are in a similar walk of life as you right now um, through the blog and through the resources that you provide there? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, the blog actually was kind of birthed out of, out of my pain first. Mm. And um, so initially it, started off as something to just for me to write and kind of more of a traditional kind of blog where I just kind of wrote about my feelings or I, I write poetry. So there's like, if you dig into the poetry, you really see the pain. Like that's where that's kind of how it started. And then um, it kind of evolved into what it is today, which is focused on moms and midlife um, and more, there's more topics too. And it's growing into a resource, a, a reliable resource where moms and midlife ladies can go and find things that, for all the many hats that we wear, it could be home management or beauty or fashion or parenting. Um, there's all kinds of information, there's blogs, there's resources, there's links for all of that. I have guest spots. So it's not all from me. And so that's, that's kind of where that is with the, with the blog. And then um, I'm actually just launching. It has not gone live yet, but in the next week or so, it'll go live a work with me section where that's where I'm really starting to be willing to do things like this, like Mm. speak more openly about my own parenting journey and hopefully encourage others in that. And, um, where, you know, you could have opportunities to work with me to speak at your small group or your small Bible study, or even your homeschool group, or, Mm, um, you know, wherever you have a community of moms that need an encouraging word. And especially on this topic, I'm going to pack you up and take you to Salisbury, North Carolina. (laughs) Yes, Let's go there. Let's yeah. start there. Yeah. So that's um so that'll be um pretty soon. So probably by the time this airs, that'll yeah. be definitely be live. That's and, awesome. Um if you click on the work with me, you'll see Amazing. where you can talk to me about that if you have something yeah. like that. We'll definitely have that linked like. in the show notes when all of this mm-hmm. goes, when all of this goes out. Yeah. All right. So this wouldn't be this show without me digging in and asking you a couple more, <laughs> a couple more, uh, more personal type things. Okay. So some stuff this that's popped up for me. Probably wanna... Yeah. This is where the girls want to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you don't, don't want to hear your mom <laughs> talk about her sex life, you should leave. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm curious as you've come through this journey, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm reading a really beautiful book right now, um, which I'll share with you if you haven't heard of it. It's called The Conscious Parent. And mm-hmm. it is um, basically, I, and I don't think it really, to me, it doesn't matter. It is coming from a spiritual um, perspective, but it, I, I think it's very honoring of any modality that you know you choose mm-hmm. to observe. And so I think that it's essentially just presenting the idea that one of the most effective ways we can become a more conscious parent is to parent our own inner child and understand, recognize parenting as a spiritual process that is for our benefit just as much, mm-hmm. if not more than it is for the child. It's like the child is not here for us to like prove what a great, like wise human yes. we are. It's more like they are here to continue unraveling us and help us become the fullest yeah. version of ourselves so yeah. that we can empower and 
give them the autonomy to be uniquely themselves without yeah. our back stuff. Right. I love so that. Love it. As this, as, as you're kind of, you're doing this, you know, you're going mm-hmm. through this with your girls now. Um, have you had any changes or shifts in your own sex life around your own sexuality as you've kind of unwound this shame spiral around the topic in your house and how it's approached and how you want your daughters to view it? Like, has that given you perspective and have you changed anything about how you see it for yourself? And because you're talking about your story with your husband and before you guys were married and there was, it sounds like there was some shame attached to that. Like, have you guys worked through that and been able to kind of walk out of that? Yes. Well, thankfully, um, Paul and I have been married 26 years Yeah. and he, like when we first got married, I was, I was just severely damaged. So that itself as a married person affects your sex life. Yeah. So he is, is just wonderful. And so he just was very patient and, and we just kind of grew together in our marriage that way. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, allowed me to talk about things, what I wanted to talk about, what I didn't want to talk about. And, um, I, I will say one thing I'm, I'm so thankful for this thing that I didn't even realize was happening, but with all that parenting that we did with Maggie, that Mm -hmm. protective purity, culture parenting, she somehow came through all of that and then as a young adult um expressed to me one time that she had been involved with some adults in her adult women in her life that were Mm -hmm. like leaders in her life that had a really um negative attitude towards Mm. sex at all but even like sex with their husbands yeah and she expressed to me and I think she expressed this to them, if I remember correctly, but she definitely expressed to me that she wasn't brought up that way. Mm, I love that. I do too. Yeah. Because so she's like, my mom and dad, you know, I don't think about it too much, but my mom and dad yeah, are yeah. fine. And yeah. I, yeah. So like she, I, I have, I have never like made negative comments about that or, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I will say I, I am a little shy talking yeah. about that but um and no kid wants to hear their parents talk about this however every (laughs) kid wants to know that it's their parents are healthy and that it's good they do and that they they love each other and especially as they get older it's like you you don't want to know the deets but you do want to know that they're still getting it on and that the intimacy is there and that they enjoy each other and that like that because that's the model that we're all unconsciously looking at our whole lives and hoping that one day, like we will find that, you know? And so when, when you get to a certain age and you realize that something is off or that they don't enjoy each other or that they're not affectionate, like that's really disturbing to a kid. It is. And so I'm thankful that through all of that, like Maggie still had a a healthy um, goal in mind Mm. for when she you know, eventually gets married to have, you know, to always be attracted to your spouse. And I mean, that is an important part of marriage. Yeah, it is. It is. Big time. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so 
so anyway, I think through through all of that, Paul and I weren't really affected by the you know yeah. how we were trying to raise our kids. We were just trying to protect them on the outside. Yeah. But um, but as far as as we go, we we had some things in place from the from the beginning mm. because. And I recommend this to anybody who is married or is getting married to have some discussions about what you want your marriage to look like, not just your life, not just Mm -hmm. finances or kids, but like, what do we want our marriage to look like? Because life is not easy Mm -hmm. and it's fun when you're dating and you think, and it is fun when you get married. I love being married and we like, me too. Yeah. Um, but we even still have those weeks though, where it's just like the grind. I mean, like everybody's working, you're working, working, working. And now we're both entrepreneurs working from home and that's even a different level of, Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, cause you can just get lost in your work and not realize, Oh my gosh, it's like seven o'clock. Well, you stop connecting as a couple and you stop seeing each other as romantic partners because you're so deep into the work and the masculine kind of like flow of, yeah. Yeah. So we like from the get go though, we, um, like, here's a really good example. I made it clear from the very beginning, 26 Mm -hmm. years ago, I always want us to go to bed at the same time. Mm, that's a that good was one. just my thing yeah. because um, I grew up in a home where my parents did not go to bed together. Yeah. I don't even remember. I'm going to lean away because I think I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Okay. No, you keep talking. I just <laughs> okay. don't want it. I don't want um, it to be on the kid. <laughs> so I don't like, so I knew when I was getting married at the age of 22, I knew I, I want to us to go to bed together every night. And there were some years when that was hard because, um, he, my husband's schedule would like, he wouldn't get home until sometimes 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Mm. Even when the kids were little, I would put the kids to bed and either wait up for him or lay down and then get up when I heard him come in and hang out with him a little bit. And then we would go to bed together. That was just really important to me. And it's not always easy because for example, I, my head can hit the pillow. I fall asleep. He needs to unwind like he watches a mm-hmm. show or reads or something. So we make compromises like, like we make sure we have a nice TV in our room. Some people don't do that, but that's our compromise because I want him in there with me. Yeah. It's more important for you to have him in there than to right. not have the TV in there. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's just something we did for us. Like, yeah. Um, but now our girls have grown up knowing mom and dad go to bed together every night Mm -hmm. we go to bed together. And, um, so, you know, I think, I think in every marriage there's, there's seasons of course where, you know, (laughs) it's cyclical. Yes. Things are like, like, like really great and exciting. And then there's seasons where, and then you're like, I'm really bored, but I love you. Yeah. 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 So, um, but for us, that whole, the way we were raising her didn't really affect us in that mm. way because. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I love that. I love that there mm. was like this invisible like barrier where you're like, oh no, like we're fine. We get it on all the time. Everything's totally fine. We just don't want our daughter to like have all of these weird, yeah. like we just want her to be safe and we don't want any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's great because there's, 
there's definitely a lot, a lot of times when you see a situation like that play out, it's because mm-hmm. there is still unresolved trauma in, um, in the parents relationship mm-hmm. around sexuality and all of that. And so it, it sounds like, and I'm, and I'm so curious and into this and researching and in like a state of inquiry about this because I'm having a daughter. So I'm prepared to mm-hmm. be like triggered in all of the ways. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but it does, it sounds like your, it, it was more of a you to her situation than like the couple to her because the couple was really solid, but your trauma yeah. and your previous sexual experiences were being triggered. And like those fears of things yes. happening to her was going directly into what you were, were giving her or not giving her. Um, yeah. so yeah, so that's, that's interesting to, mm-hmm. to think about it that way and to just have like awareness around that. Um, well, and I think I just, I just got really, really lucky. I think with, um, because of the baggage that I came into our relationship with, um, having a man who was just, and you know, he was, he, I say was, because we don't deal with this anymore. The yeah, healing has but happened, but yeah. <laughs> he, what he was, um, just so super sensitive mm. and, you know, to me in that area yeah. and just so patient and loving and, and so the reward of that for him is very good. Yeah. Well, great. <laughs> Did you say his name is Paul? Is that what you Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bra- brag on Paul, man. Like that's yeah. the husband's yeah. mm-hmm. here for the husbands and the partners yeah. because um, definitely a lot, even just to this stage, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my own like journey and unraveling and healing and all of the things, it's like having an incredible life partner to, to go through that with and to witness you mm-hmm. is, um, incredibly powerful. And it, I think the experience would look and feel really different if, you know, like it would be, I, yeah. there's so many scenarios where I'm like, I don't even know that I would be empowered that I would feel empowered to do this work if I had a different partner than the one that I have who is so on board with like talking about all the things and digging Mm -hmm. into stuff and being uncomfortable and you know I don't know a ton of dudes who would be totally chill with their wives going on to a podcast slash live events with lots of people and just talking about their sex life. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I'm like, definitely give lots of credit to, to yes. the guys who back us up. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. I think it's important. It's kind of like their way of helping future guys that they don't even know yet. Because yeah. when you are, you know, educating moms and kids and daughters and, you know, to have healthy attitudes and, you know, just a healthy approach to that area of life, Mm -hmm. then the guys in the future will, you know, reap that reward. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You hear that future guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Heidi, I have loved every minute of this conversation. I feel like I could talk to you literally forever. Is there anything else, um, that we would, that you would like to highlight or share any like final words that you would share with the people listening, um, before we hop off? Well, I just say like to, to all the moms out there who like this, this episode would probably be most appealing to moms. Yeah. And I would just like to reiterate again that it is, it's very wise to read all the books and get all the advice and listen to, you know, 
your moms and your aunts and your wise old friends like me, (laughs) but you be confident in your intuition as a mom for your child, because you have a connection with your child that nobody else on this earth will ever have. And there's a lot to be said for that. Mm. And just know that you need to pay attention to that and and be confident in that. That's perfect. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.